The other problem is you grow your business too fast, right? It's like somebody who is trying to run a marathon and you are sprinting through the marathon. We already know what's going to happen to you. You're going to gas out. You're going to end up panting. You're going to be exhausted and you will not finish that race. You are going to fall out of the race because you were running too fast. It's a marathon. Building a business is a marathon. That's exactly what it is. You don't come to a marathon with a sprint mentality. Yes, you may be very fast in the beginning. You may run ahead of everybody. You may be in the number one position. But remember, it's a marathon. What is going to end up happening is that you're going to lose all your energy because you've maxed out your energy. You're going to be exhausted. And all those people you crossed on your way to number one will end up crossing you and then you fall out of the race. So I'm sure that's not what you want to happen to you. So when the business grows too early or too fast, it can be a problem. It's also a problem if your business grows too late. Every big thing starts small. It's a natural law. Every big multinational corporation was once a small business. Welcome to the Small Starter Business Podcast, a unique podcast for practical tips and advice to help you start, grow, or turn around your business. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Small Starter Business Podcast. I am your host, John Paul Iwoha. Today's episode is very exciting because I'm going to be talking about growth, right? It's exactly what everybody wants. We want to grow our businesses because growth comes with more opportunities, more sales, you make more money, you become more popular, more acknowledged, more fulfilled. That's what growth means. And that's exactly what I want to talk about in today's episode. How to know when it is time to expand and grow your business. Now, it's a very strange topic because growth is supposed to happen instantaneously, right? You should instantly know when it is time to grow your business. Now, I want to sound an important note of warning at this point, right? And that note of warning is that growth can kill a business if it's not done well. Growth can instantly become a cancer in your business when it's not done well. I've lost count of how many promising businesses I've seen. They were very good startups, solid products, solid services. They were doing well as a small business. They always pick up the phone, customer service, top quality, products, top quality, very well-run businesses as a small business. The problem started when these businesses started to grow. The moment they started to grow, the trouble set in. The standards fell. The quality fell. Customer service fell. Everything started falling apart because these businesses started to grow. So that is a note of warning I want to sound here as I you know, move into this episode. Because sometimes we're so carried away and so excited by growth that we really take for granted that it's not a one-way street. Growth can go either way. It can, it can help you lift your business or it can harm you and crash your business. So it's something that requires to be handled with delicateness. Very important. Now, one key problem I also notice is that when businesses grow, I notice that many of them tend to grow too early or they grow too fast. So sometimes a business starts to grow or sets um, sets its path um, on, on growth, right, too early. And that can be dangerous for that business because from the things I'm going to tell you in this episode, you will understand why it can be dangerous to grow your business too early. The other problem is you grow your business too fast. 
right? It's like somebody who is trying to run a marathon and you are sprinting through the marathon. We already know what's going to happen to you. You're going to gas out. You're going to end up panting. You're going to be exhausted and you will not finish that race. You are going to fall out of the race because you were running too fast. It's a marathon. Building a business is a marathon. That's exactly what it is. You don't come to a marathon with a sprint mentality. Yes, you may be very fast in the beginning. You may run ahead of everybody. You may be in the number one position. But remember, it's a marathon. What is going to end up happening is that you're going to lose all your energy because you've maxed out your energy. You're going to be exhausted. And all those people you crossed on your way to number one will end up crossing you and then you fall out of the race. So I'm sure that's not what you want to happen to you. So when a business grows too early or too fast, it can be a problem. It's also a problem if your business grows too late, right? Now, when your business grows too late, you stand the risk of becoming outdated. So you just fall out of you fall out of, 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 of the times. You are out of vogue, right? You become outdated or you become outgrown by your competition because you, because you refuse to grow when you were supposed to grow. All your competitors are going to outgrow you. They will become bigger businesses. You become the small business and they will crush you because they are now bigger businesses. They can poach all your employees. They can poach your customers. Essentially, they will run you out of business. So you can now start to see that Growth is actually very delicate. You can't start too early. You can't grow too fast. And you can't start your growth too late. All of all these things can damage your business. So I hope I have your attention now because this is a very important. Growth is exciting. Everybody wants growth, but growth is not something you just stumble into. It has to be deliberate. You have to know what you're doing. If not, if not, that's, that's growth you think is supposed to you know, catapult you to the very top, will end up crushing you, right? So I'm going to be discussing in this episode five important signals you need to look out for and follow before you grow your business. Remember, I said growth is something you have to do intentionally. So it's not just something that happens to you out of the blue. In fact, if you notice you're growing and you're growing without your own active involvement, you're in trouble. So these are five important signals you need to look out for before you set out on your path of growth. The first signal is you need to understand the behavior and key metrics of your business before you start growing. So by understanding the behavior of your business, no business is an island. Every business exists in a market. So before you even decide to grow within that market, you need to understand the nature of the market and the players in the market. Who are the players? Every, every market has distributors. Every market has suppliers. Your business likely has suppliers. There are people who supply you either raw materials, finished products, or they supply you services, right? So those are important players. Your competitors are important players in the market. What your competitors do, it's important because it can affect your business. Regulators are also another important player in the market. Sometimes... Because you're small, the regulators don't notice you. I've had two or three clients that way. They were fine as small businesses. But the moment you start to grow, the regulator starts to notice you. And they ask you to start paying. You have to pay a license fee, a permit. They now come with all those uh, money and costs that they're asking you for. So you need to understand all these players in your market before you even decide to start growing. This is akin to somebody who wants to cross a river. And in Africa, we have a saying that goes that you don't cross a, a river with your two feet. 
the sensible way to cross a river is to put one foot in so that you can gauge the depth of the river and maybe see if a crocodile tries to grab that foot. What would be foolish is to step in with your two feet and be swallowed by the river. So if you don't understand the market within which you play, it will be too premature to, to grow your business because you're taking a big risk. You don't yet understand the dynamics of the market and you want to grow. That's usually a big problem. Another place I see this problem is people who, start, who try to start a business in a big way. I've done a previous episode on this topic. Is it better to start small or start big? The problem with starting big is you don't understand the market. So you end up making a big mistake because you ended up, because you, you started big, right? So all those mistakes you would have learned at a small scale, you end up making big mistakes and then you're blown out of the water, right? So before you grow your business, you need to understand the market and the players within it. The other thing you need to understand before you grow your business is you need to understand your customers. What do they like and how do they buy? You need to have an intimate understanding of your customers. What moves them? What are their preferences and their tastes? How do they react to your product? How do they react to your pricing? How do they react to your formats? Do they want something more, something less? Without that understanding, you're going to magnify the same mistakes you have made in your small business. So if you really understand what your customers are looking for, that is even an opportunity. That's a justification for growth. But without that understanding, you're just going to be, you'll be making more, you'll be making bigger mistakes without even realizing it. The only time you realize is when you end up bleeding. So you're losing a lot of money and all these, all these losses are coming from multiple mistakes you have made that you could have avoided if you understood your customers first before you made the move. So the first signal to watch for before you grow your business is to understand the behavior and key metrics of your business. The second signal you should look out for is that you should have some sort of idea about the, the strategy you want to use to grow your business. Now, I don't mean, of course, you don't have to be a strategist before you grow your business, but you need to have some sort of idea. You should be thinking of a way, a, possi a possible way to grow your business. And let me give you um, four practical ways that any business can grow. It doesn't matter what kind of business you have. It doesn't matter what stage of business you are. It doesn't matter what country you are in. Every business has four likely ways they can grow. The first is market penetration, which means it's just a, a high sounding way of saying the same product you're selling right now, the same service you're selling right now, go out there and look for more customers who will buy it. So maybe right now you're only serving 100 customers, 200 customers. What market penetration, what the market penetration strategy means is go out and look for another 100 customers, another 200 customers. Grow your customer base to 1,000. What that means is that you're penetrating the market. Your product has not changed. Your service has not changed. The only thing that has changed is that you're selling that, that same product or service to more customers. Essentially, you're penetrating the market. That's one way to grow. The second way to grow is to introduce a new product or new products. So right now, you are selling to, you have one product and you're selling to 100 customers. It's very likely that if you introduce one or two new products, some of your existing products, some of your existing customers who like your, your, your current product may end up liking the new product and they'll end up buying, right? 
You see, it's the same. It's the same logic. Most of us know Coke, Coca-Cola as the flagship product of the Coca-Cola company, but Coke has dozens of products. Coke is into bottled water. It's into juices. It's into other products, right? So what that means is it's another way of growing your business. If you have one successful product or one successful service, if you introduce new products or new services, it's very likely your business will grow. So that's a second growth strategy you can consider. The third strategy is to enter a new market. So right now, you are in just one city. You are in just one country. You are in just one region. What if you could enter into another city, into another country, where those same people may actually like your product, the same product you're selling right now, right? So that is an option you have. You don't change the product or service. All you do is you find a new market to sell that product to. Or you could create a new market, which is more risky, right? But that's an option. Entering a new market can be a way to grow your business. That could be a growth strategy. The fourth growth strategy, which is an option for most businesses, is to diversify. It also happens to be the riskiest growth strategy. Because what it means is this. Imagine Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola is into beverages. They provide drinks that people like to drink. Imagine that tomorrow, because Coke is sitting on a lot of money. Imagine Coke comes up tomorrow and says they want to open a mine or a mining manufacturing factory in South Africa. They want to start mining diamonds or gold. So Coca-Cola has more than 100 years experience in producing drinks that people love. But what the hell does he know about mining? That's exactly what diversification is. Diversification is going into an entirely new business. Now, I'm not saying that diversification doesn't work. After all, there are many, I can give you a good example of entrepreneurs who are very successful in diversified businesses. Um, Aliko Dangote, currently Africa's richest man, Africa's richest business person, is diversified. He's he, has, he has interest in cement. He produces cement, produces fertilizers. He's currently building the biggest oil refinery in all of Africa. He's into agriculture. He's into flour, sugar. He's into sugar. You know, that's diversification. Richard Branson is another example. He's into gyms and sports clubs. Now he's into space travel. He wants to take people to, to space. He also has, he has a financial services company. He has all sorts of companies. He even has a water bottling company. Those are diversified businesses, right? Um, General Electric is also another example of a business that is diversified. It's into financial services. It's into healthcare. It's into locomotive engines, all sorts now. But again, like I said, diversification is a risky strategy. So you need to know what you're looking into. But I just mentioned there are four different options you have. You need to have one in mind. You can't, you can't leave it to chance. Remember what I said at the beginning. Growing your business is a deliberate strategy. So you need to have an idea of what you want to do. Do you want to go by the way of market penetration, selling your existing product to more customers? Do you want to introduce new products in your business? Is that how you want to go grow the company? Do you want to enter new markets? So a new city, a new country, or you want to get into another part of the world? There was a time when companies in the US wanted to get into China. Many of them are still trying to get into China. Chinese companies are trying to come into Africa. Those are growth strategies 
right? So entering a new market is a growth strategy. And then I talked about diversification. So if you don't have a clue which of these four strategies you plan to use to grow your company, you don't have to, you don't have, to have a clear business plan on how you're going to do it, but you need to have a clue about which direction you want to go. If you don't have a clue, then you have no business thinking about growing your company. You just have to focus on what you're doing right now and wait for the right time to come. The third signal you need to look out for is that you have built a system that runs the business. Now, the reason why growth can be very challenging for some businesses is that when you're a small business, life is easy. You are the boss. It's very likely you're in one location and you have eyes on everything. You have eyes on sales, you have eyes on operations, you have eyes on your supply chain, you even meet directly with your customers, you even know all your employees by name. That is the benefit of having a small business. You are in charge, you are the emperor, you are the lord, your eyes are on everything. But the moment you start to grow your business, something interesting starts to happen. It's that word called complexity. The moment your business starts to grow, your business starts to become more complex. What it means is that you may not be able to have your eyes on everything. In fact, you cannot run everything. And if you try to do that, you're going to be a cog in the wheel of your business. For example, there have been companies where nothing happens if the boss is out of town because he's the only one who can sign checks. He's the only one who can give certain approvals. He's the only one who can give discounts to customers. You see? So if you're that kind of person, your business cannot grow because... There'll be customers waiting for you to come back. Uh, your, your employees cannot buy certain things because you haven't signed the checks. And so, so you are going to end up becoming the obstacle in your business. So that's why when you decide to grow your business, you will not be enough to manage that business. A growing business doesn't need a person. A growing business doesn't need an emperor or a king or a dictator. A growing business needs a system that can run without any one person. So whether you are sick or you traveled or you have something to do, the business keeps running. The second thing is, if, for example, you choose to grow your business by entering a new market, unfortunately, you can't be in two places at the same time. You used to have one shop. You had your eyes on everything. Now you have two shops. You can't be in two places at the same time. You have to rely on a system. So what exactly are systems? Now, this episode is not about systems. I have another episode that goes into detail with systems. But what exactly are systems? So I'll just give you um, an interesting idea so that you start to think actively about these things. One of them is goals. Your business needs to have goals. People need to know what they are working towards. They need to know how much sales, how much customers, what the cost targets are, what the margins are, things like that. People need to know what you're trying to achieve. So sometimes when you're the one running your business alone, all your plans are in your head. Your vision is in your head. Your mission is in your head. You know exactly what you want to achieve because it's all in your head. But the moment you decide to grow, those things cannot just be in your head. The people you're working with have to know what's, what we're trying to achieve. What exactly are we trying to achieve? Are we trying to double this business by this time next year? Are we trying to reach $150,000 in sales by this time next year? What exactly are we trying to achieve? When people know what the goal is, then they know which direction to run. People can't just run for you. People can't sacrifice for you if they don't know what they're working towards. So you need to be able to set the goals. So are the goals clear? If the goals are not clear, you have no business growing, a business, growing your, your business. 
The other element of a system are processes, right? Now, when your business is a small business, you give direct instructions. Most times, your employees don't know why you do things a certain way. They don't know what the process is. So when they need to get something, they just say, go and ask the boss. Go and ask the boss. Only the boss knows. So in your head, you have this process for doing things. But people around you don't know. So what it means is that if you're not around, that thing cannot be done. Because any other person who tries to do it will not get it right. And if they don't get it right, you're going to be pissed off. They may make mistakes. They may cost your business money. They may disappoint your customers. They may damage your brand. They may damage your reputation. And that's because they're not doing it the right way. But what is the right way? There is supposed to be a process. And what that process means is that whether you are available or not available, because there is a process, anybody who follows the process will get the job done. So they don't have to depend on your emotions or your anger or your directions or your dictatorial tendencies. No, the process runs the business. And if anybody follows the process, they'll get things done. Another element of a system in the business are your KPIs, your key performance indicators. What are the things you're watching in your business to know when there is trouble? So for example, if you expand or grow your business, what are the signals you're going to see that will let you know that something is wrong with that other branch or that other location? How would you know if things are looking fishy? So what are your key performance indicators? Off the top of my head, if you're in a retail business, for example, I'll be looking very closely at your gross margins. Your gross margin is the relationship between your sales and your cost of sales. If I notice that the gross margin is going, be, is going beyond or is looking different from what I've been used to when that business was just in one location, it's going to raise red flags. Could it be that my employees are inflating the prices at which my suppliers supply? Are they using the wrong supplier? Are, you see, so these are important questions that will be triggered by your KPIs. Your KPIs raise the flag. They let you know when something is going wrong. Or for example, you're looking at your operating margin and you're like, this operating margin doesn't look okay. What's going wrong? You start going through each of the um, overhead items, your salaries. How much are you paying for rent? How much are you paying on marketing and advertising? And then maybe all of a sudden you notice that the problem is with uh, logistics. The people in the other, the other location, the other branch are spending too much in transportation. But you cannot know these things if you don't know what your KPIs are. So it's very important. If, you're, if you have a retail outlet, for example, one KPI that will catch my attention will be sp uh, sales per square, square feet, right? How much sales is happening per square foot? Why is this KPI important? It tells me how efficient each location is. If I have a chain of supermarkets, it's very unlikely that all the supermarkets are the same size. One, one branch may be bigger than another branch. But how can I compare the big branch to a small branch to know if they are pulling their weight? I can compare the, the sales per, per square foot. And that's how I know which one is more efficient. That will easily tell me that even though branch B is a smaller branch than branch A, they are pulling more weight than branch A. So that means I need to, I, I need to do something about branch A. They are not selling enough. So what's happening? Is it the location? Is it, is it, is it a marketing or advertising? Is it the pricing? Is it the pricing of the products? Is it uh, customer retention? Is it the customer service that is causing the problem? So if you don't know these KPIs, 
you're just going to be you're just going to be running after fires because when the smoke starts you will not notice the smoke because you don't know what your kpis are you will only notice that it's trouble when there is a fire and by the time there's a fire it's already almost too late so if you don't know what your kpis are you have no business growing the business because you cannot measure performance and the moment you cannot measure performance how do you know if that growth is a good thing that is helping your business or if it's actually harming your business you will not know until there is fire and when there is fire it might be too late the other the other um, uh, thing about um, your systems the other component of a system you have to look at is structure and this is something that when you're still a small business you take it for granted because all the information resides in your head all the key information about the business resides in your head but the moment you have to grow a business you, you need structure are there clear information lines? Do people have access to information? Or are you still hoarding all the information? If you end up hoarding information the way you were hoarding information when it was just a small business, you would damage and undermine the growth of your company. People need to have access to information. Where can they find information? Very important. There needs to be a clear chain of responsibility and accountability. If some, who, who needs to do this thing? So something needs to be done. Whose responsibility it is, is it? And who takes the brunt? You know, who bears the accountability? Who will be accountable if this thing doesn't get done? If these lines are not clear, what you're going to have is people who, who deal with your business on the basis of, um, it, but it's not my business. It's not in my job description. It's not my responsibility. So when the responsibility lines are not clear, what ends up happening is that there's confusion People drop the ball and then things are not running the way they should in your business. So I just talked about some important components you need to look out for in a system that should run your business. I talked about goals, processes, your KPIs, your key performance indicators, and the structure. If these things are not yet clear, if they are not yet ready, or if you're not yet actively thinking about them, you have no business growing your company because all you will end up doing is you're going to create confusion. Remember, I said the moment your business starts growing, complexity will set in. And complexity doesn't do well when there is no system, when there is no structure. The moment, starts, the moment things start to become complex, you need to have a system and structure in place that will guide that complexity. Now, the fourth signal you need to look out for is, do you have a front line of leaders that you can delegate to? So when your business is small, all you most times all you have are just workers. These are people who work for you and you pay them. That's all you have, workers. If you're going to grow your company, you need more than workers. You need leaders. So you may call them managers, but you need more than that, especially when you want to grow a company. You need leaders, people who can lead other people, right? So when your business is small and you were just in one location, you were the leader in the business, you gave all the instructions, all the orders, everybody bowed to your, your regime, right? But the moment you decide to grow your business, you need to have other leaders who will be your lieutenants, your lieutenants, right? So what exactly should that kind of leader look like? If you're thinking of growth and you're listening to this episode of the podcast and you're thinking, okay, right now I have workers, but I want to groom leaders. What, what should those leaders look like? I'll tell you. The very first thing that makes a leader different from an ordinary worker is the mindset. 
They need to have the right mindset. And one thing that is common in the mindset of every leader is that they are not afraid of challenge and growth. They look forward to challenges and growth. The average worker just wants to end their salary. That's all they're working. They're working for their bills. They want to pay their bills and they want to get paid. That's all the worker is. And that's why they're expendable. But what makes a leader special is that a leader wants the challenge. A leader wants to grow. And those kinds of people are important in your business because they're the ones who will help you grow your company. If you, if you rely on workers, your company will not get grown because what the workers do sometimes, when you're not around, they don't do anything. They will, your workers likely will not go above and beyond for you. Only a leader will do that. Or only somebody who sees themselves, themselves as a leader will do that. So it's up to you to identify people who have that kind of mindset. Or try to see if you can influence that kind of mindset in them. The other attribute of the mindset of, of, of a leader or leader, leadership material is they have a business development mindset. They are they're actually the ones who will come to you with ideas on how to grow the business or how to improve certain things. So that's a clear distinction between a worker and a leader. Workers always wait to be told what to do. Workers refuse to think. That's how the typical worker is. You tell them do ABC, they do ABC, nothing more. But they, they don't look at it and say, you know, there's something really wrong with this. I've done this for quite some time. I think it would be better if we do C, then A, then B. You know, doing ABC doesn't make sense. But if we do C, A, B, it's going to help us save this amount of money. We're going to be faster. Our customers are going to be better. That's what a leader does. That's what makes them different. So you need, if you're looking for your leadership uh, material or your lieutenants that will help you grow your company, you need to look for people who have the right mindsets. And that's because... The mindset is the hardest thing to build. So it's better when you have people who already have it. The skills and the knowledge, those ones are easy. But the mindset is usually a problem. So you need somebody or people with the right mindset. The second thing you need from those kinds of leaders, they need to have the right skills and experience. Right? So these are people who are going to help you grow the business. In terms of skills and experience, on, there, there are two sides. There's the technical side. And there's the commercial or business side of running the business. So technical side, for example, it all depends on what you sell. How well do they know your product? How well do they, do they know what your business sells? That technical knowledge, skill, and experience is very important. Because if you don't know the product well, how can you sell it to, your, to, to customers? If you don't know the product well, how can you strike up a deal with a supplier or distributor? It's only when you know the product well, especially on the technical side, you, you can now strike up deals and conversations that will lead to big wins and growth opportunities for the business. So if you notice what I'm, what I'm saying, you're looking for people who would end up thinking like you. That's exactly the kind of material you need to grow your business. People who can think like you or even better than you. They're thinking in terms of growth, business development opportunities. That's what they're thinking about. So they need to have a good understanding of the technical side of the business. It could be your operations. It could be the manufacturing side of your business. It could be your supply chain, how to handle the procurement. It could be the financial side, how to do the accounting, how to handle the ledgers, how to do reporting. These are technical sides of your business. Another important side is the commercial or business side. 
these are people who should be able to see that, okay, maybe we can give this customer a discount and end up making more money. It's only somebody who has the commercial savvy who can make that kind of call. Those are the kinds of people, not people who are saying, uh, I'm sorry, sir, we, we, we cannot sell it that way. I've, I've walked into some businesses where there was a clear opportunity for them to make more money from me. But the person on the other side was not a leader. The person was not a thinker. All he said or she said was, that's what, that's what I was told to do. You know, you don't, those kinds of people cannot grow a company. It's only when you've grown the company, then you can put the workers, those people who just work like soldier ants, you can put them there. But the leadership material, those are the ones who will actually help you grow the company. Another attribute of leadership uh, material people is they have the interpersonal skills, right? To grow a business, you need to be good with people because you're going to be relating with people. Business is about people. You have to relate with employees. You have to relate with customers, very important. You have to relate with your partners. They could be your suppliers, your distributors, whoever. These are people who should be able to galvanize cooperation. They should be able to get people to work together, you know, stuff like that. Because what it means, if you think about it, look at what you're doing right now. You got, you started this business, you got people to work with you. You got investors, you have customers, you have um, employees, you have distributors. Whether you, whether you will admit it or not, you're a people person. Because if you, if you don't know how to deal with people, you can't get all these things you've, you've put together. So you need people who are willing to cooperate and work with other people, people who can compromise, people who can encourage, motivate, inspire other people, stuff like that. So that interpersonal skill, very important. So why the leadership, why finding people with leadership material or yeah, is, is important is these people will end up building the blocks and the pillars of your culture. The culture of your company is very important if you're going to grow a business. And that's because the culture of your company determines what your people do when you are not around. Forget what they do when you're around, right? But imagine what they do when you're not around. Because right now, you're, you're just in one location. You're just in one office. And you think every, everybody's behaving okay because you're around. What if you have a branch in two other cities? And you can't be in three places at the same time. How, what is going to dictate how people behave in all those areas? Guess what? Human beings are social creatures. We tend to mirror our leaders. That's what human beings do. So if you end up having the right people, the kinds of leadership materials I'm talking about, anybody you employ in that business, one year from now, three years from now, they will end up mirroring the behavior of the leader they meet and their co-workers. So the leaders always set the pace. Now, the reason why this is important is there are some businesses that have missed this opportunity. They miss the opportunity of identifying the leaders within the people who work for them. So what ends up happening is that those people end up becoming rebels. They end up becoming activists. If you see any location where employees are having a protest or they are staging some kind of action against the company, go and look very well. There's usually a ringleader. That ringleader is a leader. And that is a person whose potential you have missed. Because it's not easy to get people to cooperate and organize a protest. 
if that person is able to do it, that is a leadership, somebody who has leadership material that you have not harnessed because people listen to that person, right? So when you have those people on your side, those kinds of people on your side, these are the people who will influence the behavior going forward in your company. And anybody you employ in your company will end up mirroring the behaviors they see within the workplace. So that is how you set the tone for the proper culture in your organization. Now, I've talked about the four signals you should look out for so far. I'm not going to talk about the fifth signal you should look out before you even decide to grow a business, your, your business, and that is capital, right? And it makes a lot of sense. If you're going to grow your company, it's likely you will need capital. The capital we call growth capital. You may likely need an infusion of money into your business to be able to expand it. It doesn't matter if you're trying, if you're going the market penetration way, or you want to develop and introduce new products, or you want to diversify your business, or you want to enter a new market, you may likely need money. But here's a big question. How much money do you need? One. And are you going to get the money in such a way that it doesn't disturb or stretch your current business? Sometimes, I've, and I've seen it happen several times, you have a business that is doing well as a small business. The moment they start to grow the business, because they are taking money out of the existing business to support the growth of the business, the business starts to struggle. You see, the, there are now delays because there's never enough money they are going through a cash crunch. They don't have enough cash. So they are owing their suppliers. They are owing salaries. Why? They are committing some of the funds towards growth. Sometimes it might be necessary to take that kind of risk. But you need to remember that you're also running the risk of crumbling the entire business because you are stretching the capital. So that capital question is very important. Do you have enough capital to grow the business? For some businesses, for some companies, you may, have, you may have enough money in your reserves. Maybe you've been running this business for three, four years. You've been making profits and you've been saving your profits. You've been accumulating your profits, right? That is one option you have to grow the business because the benefit of that option is that you don't need to ask anybody for money. You use your internally generated funds. You're using your cash reserves to grow your business. If you have that kind of discipline, if your business is able to generate those levels of cash, good for you. For many businesses, they have to raise money from outside, right? So now let's look at a couple of options you have if you're looking at raising money from outside. What that means is that you have three options. Like I mentioned in the beginning, you can look for equity where you, you, get, you, you accept money from outside and give the investors a share in your company. You give them shares. Another option is to raise debt. You get a loan. You take a loan and you pay interest on that loan. The third option is to look for free money, grants, donations, or something. The problem with grants most times is that it's hardly enough to grow the business the way you want. Grants money is not usually a lot. So that can be the problem. So how many grants are you going to uh, look for to get a sizable amount to grow your business? The other problem with grants is it takes time and it's very competitive. You're not the only person who likes free money. Other people are also looking for free money. So it's very, it can be very competitive and it takes time. It's likely going to distract you from your business, which begs the question, is it worth it, right? That now leaves us with equity and debt. But then let's, let's look at debt for a moment. If you have a business where 
you're making sales, cash is coming in. You have an advantage. You have leverage when it comes to taking out a loan. Because anybody who is going to give you a loan, especially the banks, is looking for two things. Do you have cash flows to pay back this loan? So is there a source of money that can pay back this loan? Check. You have it. Your existing business is making sales. Money is coming in. You have the cash flow. The second thing a bank is looking for is collateral. What if you cannot pay back this money? Is there something of value you have that I can take over and sell in the rare event that you are unable to pay back the money? They are looking for collateral. Most times it's check. If you've been running your business for two years, three years, four years, it's likely you have some collateral. It can be your goods, your inventory. It can be assets, a vehicle, equipment. It can be building. It can be land. It's likely you've built up some. You've likely you've built up your asset base. So you have collateral. So what that means is, if you look at most businesses that want to grow, many of them end up taking out a loan because it is convenient. You know, equity means you're going to give somebody a share in your company. And at that point in your business, you've done most of the hard work. You've built a product that sells. You have customers who are buying. You have cash flow. Money is coming in. Why would you want to give away equity at that point? I'm just asking, right? So at that point, it's usually more convenient. The bank doesn't want a share of your company. The bank will not attend board meetings. The bank will not ask you about will not ask you questions about who you hired, why you're why you're taking why you're embarking on this strategy. A bank will not ask you to send in reports and all that. All the bank wants is that you pay your you pay back the loan as at when agreed with the interest. So it's a very convenient arrangement when you have the cash flows and you have the collateral. So that's why businesses at that stage usually are interested in loans. The second option for growing a company that you need to look at if you're at that point is joint ventures and partnerships, right? I noticed this a lot when I worked in the oil and gas industry. So at that point, so you have the local industry where a lot of the products and expertise and skills that the oil companies are looking for, the local companies don't have it. So what you see is people start to send out emails. They start to make phone calls to American companies, British companies, French companies, Chinese companies that, are, that have their businesses in China, US, UK, but maybe they don't have a presence in Ghana or Nigeria or Tanzania or Kenya. So what the local company in, in Ghana does is, you know, we have this opportunity, but we don't have the skills, we don't have the experience, or we don't have the equipment. We want to partner with you. So it's going to be a joint venture. So by the time we come together and we present ourselves to a client, the client sees the profile, the impressive profile of the foreign partner. And all of a sudden, they can gain access to contracts that they could not do alone. But now that they have a bigger, more experienced partner, they can now they cannot win contracts that they couldn't win alone. So those are options you can look at. Are there potential partnerships you can strike with companies within your country or outside your country that will improve the capacity of your company, the profile of your company, the brand of your company, the reputation of your company, the perception of your company? Those are options you have to look at. So there are options for organic growth or inorganic growth. Organic growth means you want to do it all by yourself. You want to grow by yourself. Inorganic growth means you don't mind partnering with another company, right? You don't mind benefiting from the synergies of put, collaborating with other companies or other businesses so that you too can grow. 
So that's an inorganic way to grow your company. Another inorganic way might be mergers or acquisitions. You you acquire another company. You you know instead of starting a new company or opening a new branch, you see some company that's doing well in that area and you buy them. So not many businesses can afford to buy another company, but it's an option for growth. It's an option for expanding your footprint in the market, right? And then another option is to look at equity. If if growing your company or expanding your company requires fixed capital. So the thing about loans is that a loan might be convenient for your business. A loan might be practical for your business, but loans are not usually patient because the bank wants you to start paying back the interest and the loan starting the end of the month. So what if the kind of growth you are embarking on in your business requires a longer time frame? whereby you invest money and it will take some time before the money starts to pay off. Maybe you want to invest in hard assets like equipment or land or buildings, or you want to invest in a deal, or you want to expand your manufacturing capacity. So you are buying new equipment and machines and it will take time before the, the cash flows will start showing up. A bank, a bank may not have that kind of patience, right? But then if you can explore an equity option, it may be great at that point. It may be great at that point. So these are interesting things you have to look at. So at this point in the episode, let's recap. I started this episode by telling you about growth, how growth can be exciting, can be alluring, it can be very tempting. Sometimes it can be distracting. But the thing about growth is that if you don't do it well, it can kill a business. I've seen it happen many times. If you grow too early, it can kill your business. If you grow too fast, it can kill your business. If you grow too late, you're going to be left out, right? So growth is something that has to be deliberate. It has to be something you think carefully about because it's a delicate process. You're moving your business to the next level. It's a delicate process and you can't afford to kid with it. So I give you five, I share with you five important signals you need to look out for before you start thinking seriously about growing your business. The first signal I talked about is to understand the behavior and the key metrics of your business or your market. Very important. The second signal is that you've identified the right growth strategy. I shared the four specific uh, strategies that if any business can grow. It doesn't matter what industry you are, what country you are, what kind of business you have. There are four options you have. You need to have a clue at least of which of those options you want to explore. The third signal I talked about is that you have you should have a system that runs the business because the moment your business starts to grow, your business starts to become more complex. And the only way to handle complexity is with structure systems, because at that point, you alone, no matter how much you were an emperor when your business was small, the moment complexity comes in, you too may even start to drop the ball. You may end up becoming a cog in the wheel or an impediment you know, an obstacle in your business. So a system is important. If you haven't thought about the system, you have no business growing your business because it might land you in trouble. The fourth, uh, the fourth um, signal I talked about is that you have a front line of lieutenants, of leaders, because remember the distinction I made between workers and leaders. Leaders are looking forward to the challenge. Leaders want the challenge. They want to grow. Leaders have a business development mindset. A worker just wants to work and end their salary. They, they may not sacrifice for your company. They may not do more than is required. But a leader will do the opposite. They will think. 
They will think through things. They won't just take instructions. Those are the kinds of people who can help you build and grow a business. And then the last signal I talked about was capital. It's likely you may need outside money to grow your business. And if you're going to grow the business, I give you a couple of tips on things to consider. So at this point in the episode, let's talk about our partners, Queza. Queza is doing remarkable things for businesses, especially on the African continent. If you sell products and you're limited to your country or your geographical area or your city, what Queza does is it provides you a window to explore markets outside of your country, outside of your city. We're seeing people exporting products from one African country to another African country, all thanks to Queza. Queza also gives you the opportunity to sell to customers in foreign markets. We're seeing people export products from Senegal, Kenya, Nigeria, to places like the US, the UK, America, Canada, the Middle East, China. So Queza is more or less doing something similar to what Alibaba did for small and medium-sized businesses in China. Alibaba opened the door, opened the doors for these businesses to have customers around the world. And in the not-too-distant future, I see that role uh, squarely within the, the plates of Queza. Queza is opening doors for African entrepreneurs to explore other markets, sell more and be more. So to explore Queza, if you sell a product, if you're a seller, you can check out Queza on Queza Seller on your app store. Search for Queza Seller. Queza is K-U-U-E-Z-A. Search for that on there on your app store, or your Play Store. Download it and you can start selling today. You can start discovering clients within, outside of your country, uh, within Africa and outside of Africa. And if, you, if you're looking to explore the range and variety of products that are available on the platform, it's a separate app. So go to your app platform, uh, your Play Store, your App Store, and search for Queza User. Queza User is uh, K-U-U-E-Z-A, Queza User. Uh, so at this point in the episode, there are four things I need you to consider. The first is to join the Insiders program. The Insiders is a private community of entrepreneurs who work directly with me. And these are the kinds of strategies that we explore. So uh, today's episode was, in, was influenced and inspired by one of our members. So he's at that point where his business needs to start growing. And like I said, if you make any missteps with growth, you could end up taking the entirety of your business to the bottom of the ocean. You could end up crashing your business. Growth needs to be deliberate. It needs to be intentional. And you need to know what you're doing. So these are the kinds of conversations. These are the kinds of support that we get as members of the insiders. Um, members have the opportunity to collaborate network with other entrepreneurs who are building businesses in over 20 countries within and outside the African continent. To learn more about Queza, you can check us out at smallstarter.com slash insiders. smallstarter.com slash insiders. The second thing I want to talk about is that you tell your friends about this podcast. The information, the knowledge you're getting on this podcast is premium, high quality material. Right, and you're getting it for free. So I don't want you to keep it to yourself. Tell somebody else about the Small Starter Business Podcast. They can Google it, Small Starter Business Podcast. We already have a catalog of over 70 episodes. We touch on things from how to raise capital, how to boost your sales, how to handle pricing, how to hire employees, when and how to grow your business, leadership qualities, things like that. So these are the kinds of content that we need to build businesses. Unfortunately, 
these information as practical as they should be are not being taught in our schools right so the goal of our of our organization small Sata africa is to help people gain the knowledge the skills that they need the experience that they need to start their own businesses succeed in their own businesses why is this important successful businesses hire people they create jobs successful people successful businesses pay their employees well at least most of them do when your employees are paid well it's good it's better for the society they can send their skills they can send their kids to school they can pay their rents they can contribute to the development of our economies and our societies so successful businesses are the center of development especially in africa if we have more entrepreneurs who know what they are doing who have the knowledge and the skills to succeed at businesses their impact will have a cataclysmic effect a major effect on the growth and development of africa as a society as a continent as a market as an economy so tell your friends about the small starter business podcast this is not just about training it's actually a revolution we're changing how people learn especially when it comes to businesses many of our young people only have one option when they finish school they have to go look for a job but where do jobs come from from the government no governments are even limited in the number of jobs they can create jobs are created by entrepreneurs they are the only ones with the right motivation to create to to solve a problem and when they try to solve a problem through a product or a service and it works they end up looking for other people who can support them because entrepreneurs cannot do everything by themselves that's why they hire people to handle sales hire customer service hire operations hire procurement all these things so the work we're doing at small starter has a far-reaching impact on what people are doing and that's why i want you to introduce more people to the small starter business podcast so they too can learn and if you're thinking of saying thank you if you've benefited from the small starter business podcast you want to say thank you you want to give us a thumbs up a pat on the back you can leave us a five-star review right a five-star review is good not just for our ego right but it also tells the podcast platforms that other people should listen to this podcast so it makes us rank better and on the podcast platforms so if you want to give us a thumbs up a five-star review you can do that at smallstarter.com slash review smallstarter.com slash review so um at this point i just have to mention if you're at that point in your business where you need to have a direct conversation you want to belong to our, our private and exclusive group of entrepreneurs Check us out at smallstarter.com slash insiders. Um, until the very next episode, like I, like I said, um, development would come at a continuous pace. What I mean is I, you may be listening to this episode while you're on your way to work or you're driving or you are taking a walk or you're jogging or you're in the bathroom, right? Wherever it is just keep doing what you're doing right because when you really think about it you could use the same time to listen to music now i don't have anything against music but if you're trying to build the business i would want to imagine that you spend your time invest your time on things that can actually help you get better at what you're doing so i i just want to encourage you and ask you to keep doing what you're doing investing in yourself when you learn you're investing in yourself and when you invest in yourself the return on investment is higher than any other kind of investment you can make. So if you keep this up, imagine what you will learn in three months' time, six months' time, by this time next year, in five years' time. 
That's how everybody grows. That's how I grow. Most of these things I learned, I learned them from, you know, just the same way. Because learning is a habit. You learn by doing. You learn by listening. You learn by watching. You watch what other people are doing. And that's how you learn, right? So keep learning. Never stop being a learner. Because entrepreneurship is a lifestyle of learning. You never stop learning. The day you stop learning, you start failing. And I never want you to be a party to the failure, the failure club or failure gang. So let's keep learning. And until the very next episode, I look forward to sharing more great stuff with you. Um, stay safe. Take care of yourself. Cheers. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Small Starter Business Podcast. To take our free business courses or join one of our signature programs for special entrepreneurs like you, head over to smallstarter.com to join our private community. See you inside.